NRL Fantasy is back. It's podcast time. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Dom Brock, our first NRL Fantasy podcast of the preseason. Dom, I've made a team. I'm pretty sure it's not good. Are you in a better situation? <laughs> uh, probably about the same. Made a team a little while ago. Haven't changed it too much. Um, yeah, but the preseason's well underway. We've had the nines, had a round of trials, more trials this weekend. And uh, before you know it, it'll be Teamless Tuesday for round one. So about time we're, we're here talking fantasy. It is a well beyond time. We'll start off, we're going to today talk about the hookers, the front rowers, the second rowers, um, pretty much just go through the most popular buys in each position, the top 10 most popular, and then throw in a bit of chat on anyone from outside the top 10 who we think is worth mentioning. Starting off with the hookers, and probably no real surprise, but uh, Blake Braley, younger brother of Jaden, who's inherited that Sharks number nine jersey from his older brother, um, set to start at the Sharks. He's the most popular hooker at this point, um, pretty much 25% of teams. Good call? Uh, good call, yeah. So his, um, his price tag is 400k, which was controversial when uh, the prices came out. He um, only averaged 18 points a game last year, but he's priced at higher than that. Um, not that much higher, though, so break-even still in the 20s for a starting hooker, first-choice hooker at the Sharks. Um, that's fantastic price. So mm. I think he really needs to be in your team. Some people aren't picking him now because of the little price bump that was um, uh, caused a, a, you know, a few dramas when... Mm. Um, it was a bit of a surprise, but still, I mean, you're not going to get a, a starting yeah. number nine cheaper than that at this point. It looked like we were going to for a little bit with Harry Grant, which we'll get to later. But um, yeah, I think Bradley has to be in your in your 17 somewhere, even with that little bit of a, a popularity tax or a, whatever it is, a little bit of GST on yeah. top. I think he's probably pretty close to must have. I've got him on the bench at this point in time. I expect him to probably be in more than 25 percent of teams by the time. Round one kicks off. Number two on the list is Apposite Coruscant. He's gone from being a 50% of the game hooker at Manly back to Penrith where he's the main man. Um, we're thinking he'll probably play 80. Uh, it's still a little bit TBC, but probably 80. He's in just over 20% of teams. Yeah, so I think he's pretty much the same situation as Braley. He's a bit more expensive, 493k. But um, as you say, he goes from a 45-minute uh, hooker to probably an 80-minute hooker at Penrith. That's why they bought him. Um, every team really is looking for an 80-minute hooker if they can get away with it. He's played 80 before. He scored close to 50 before when he's playing 80 minutes. Um, uh, priced, what, 34 is his break-even. So, mm. yeah, another nice, simple get-him-in-your-team-somewhere situation. Certainly got him in my squad at this point in time as well. Bit of a curly one, uh, number three on the list, just over 15% of teams. Tom Starling, the Raiders kitty. I, I assume this is just uh, autofills because he's min price. He's very cheap. He's very cheap. That's all I can say. He's not going to play, so don't yeah. buy him. Get him out of your teams. Yep. Uh, number four, and here we've got one of the big guns, Damian Cook, in just over 14% of teams. Very, very expensive, but obviously a proven gun of recent years. Yeah, so he's one of the top, what, five captaincy options at the start of the year. Um, he's been awesome the last couple of seasons. Uh, two years ago, he was the best player in fantasy. Um, I won't be starting with him this year because, mm. you know, money's tight and you can only afford probably one massive star and um, I'll be going elsewhere. But, um, yeah, what do you think? He's, his run meters dropped a little bit last year and mm. I think you did a story on him this week. I did. About that trend might be continuing. Pretty much. So he had the... Um 
you know, the time at South, he was job sharing with Robbie Farah. He was a good running hooker, but we, we kind of said if he gets an 80-minute job, he's going to be good. Then, yep. obviously, Farah left. He got the 80-minute job, and he just went better than anyone expected. He absolutely exploded. Um, run metres are through the roof. One of, if not the most, run metres from a, a number nine in NRL stats-keeping history. Yep. Then, last year, uh, eased off the runs a bit, but a lot more assists, try assists and line break assists, that sort of thing. So, getting a bit better with his ball playing, um, and still between that and mountains of tackles was enough to um, average enough to start at 938k for this year. Now, I sat down with him last week. Yarn's now up on NRL.com. You can check it out. But basically talking about continuing that evolution, being a little bit more selective with his running. He's um, When he was younger, he used to look at his run meter tally and, you know, try and, you know, better his performances. Now he said he doesn't look at it at all. He's more interested in, you know, putting teammates through holes and doing what's best for the, the men outside and distributing to halves, that sort of thing. So... Might uh, pick up a little bit in terms of assists, might drop off a bit more in terms of his busts and, and run metres. I think those sky-high uh, tackle counts aren't going to change at yep. all. So he's still going to be good, but might potentially taper off score-wise a little bit at the start of the year. Yeah, agreed. So I think he's probably... He's one you're going to want in your team at some point mm. this season, but maybe more to get you know, possibly after Origin rather than in round one. Mm. And if you do start with him in round one, you're probably not starting with a Payne Haas or Cameron Smith or whoever the other big guns are. Number five on the list is Victor Radley in uh, just over 11% of teams. I assume all the people who have him in their teams currently didn't have him this time last year because I started (laughs) with him and uh, once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, I was a big fan of him this time last year and that faith was probably misplaced fantasy-wise. Very good player, obviously, but... um, uh, scored, I think, about 39 points a game last year, which is, you know, fine for a, a real cheapie, but he's not cheap anymore. So mm. not really a cash cow, definitely not a keeper when you look at the elite hookers score 60 points a game. So, yeah, I'd be steering clear. I don't see a lot of upside, and at some point he's going to have a game or two where he scores high 60s or whatever it yeah. is and really gets amongst it. But he's not really the type of player who translates well to fantasy. Some good impact players, you know, a big tackle is one point, whereas, you know, a third man in legs exactly. tackles also one point. So those impact things that he does don't really get extra value in, in fantasy. So in my opinion, one to avoid. Next on the list is uh, Brandon Smith, the um, Storm and Moldy International, um, or sorry, Moldy uh, All-Stars uh, hooker slash lock in almost 11% of teams. I wonder now, how much that changed since the All-Stars game. Yeah, I don't know if it's gone down or if people just haven't changed their teams yet. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm not changing it every weekend. There's still sure. a few injured guys in, in my list, but um, let's pretend for a moment that he's not injured at all and he's playing round one, which we yeah. know is not the case. Is he still you know, worthwhile at over 500k? I don't think so. I mean, he was great in that All-Stars game. Um, his stats added up to 90-ish points, 91 points, I think. In pretty uh, short amount of Time, yeah, like. yeah, um, but he's he's not a starting hooker at Melbourne. They've got mm. Cameron Smith, obviously. Um, his break even is in the high thirties. It's hard to see him score that much more than that. I mean, he'll have some really big games. Um, he's a great player. He can have a few massive plays, but um, yeah, I don't think when there's so much so much value in the hooker position this year. Um, yeah, I don't really see the uh, the value and the fact that he's injured as well. Yeah. This at the start of the season means he's a no-go. He now misses the first few weeks, so get him out of your teams. Uh, next on the list is a little bit similar to number three, Tom Starling. It's Joe Lovadua from the Dragons. Uh, he's cheap and he probably won't play. Uh, yeah. I don't know if people just saw Cam McGuinness getting injured and got excited, but mm. yeah. 
wouldn't uh, wouldn't be starting with Joe Lovadour. Bad boy. Um, the one after that, uh, you touched on at the top of the show, Harry Grant from the Storm, who we were hoping by now would be Harry Grant from the West Tigers. Mm. But hasn't quite panned out. Yeah, that way. he was fairly close to becoming the best cash cow of the season, probably if the um, trade deal with uh, Momorowski from the Tigers went through. Um, it looked like it was going to please everybody, both mm. players, certainly both clubs, but. Um, Salary cap-wise, it hasn't worked for Melbourne. So uh, Grant is staying put, especially now with uh, Brandon Smith injured. Mm. He's now the backup at uh, at hooker behind Cameron Smith. So, yeah, I think Grant will probably sit on the pine doing not much again yeah. this season for Melbourne. Even when Brandon Smith's out, there's talk that Harry Grant will come in for that 14 jersey. But Brandon Smith comes on at a you know a lock kind of role yeah. and provides an impact in the middle. As Harry Grant's your straight up and down dummy half. So if Cameron Smith misses games, then Harry Grant you yeah. think is in. But I'm not convinced he's going to play at I mean, all, even with Brandon Smith. Yeah, We're almost worst case scenario is Cameron Smith misses two or three games this year. Grant plays, scores well, yeah, blows his price for next year, and it's not really worth you know buying as a cash cow this year. So. Unfortunately, unless something changes and the Tigers get hold of him somehow between now and round one, I think uh, Grant's a no-go. It's probably another one to get rid of as well. Uh, Jake Friend from the Roosters, number nine on the list, just over 9% of teams. Now, I see the appeal. He's only 612k if he plays 80 minutes. He's more than capable of averaging over 50, but he's last, obviously injured a lot last year, but mm. even before that he was, what, sort of 52, 53-point player? I'm, re- I'm really stuck on Jake Friend because... Yeah, as you say, um, last year was kind of a write-off. He had five games in the regular season, I think. Mm. Three of them were were massive scores. So he got 92, 66 and 73. He only played the full 80 in one of those games. Um, Generally, as you said, he's a low 50s scorer. He had Mm. one really great year that season a few years back when the Roosters were missing coordinate for the first half of the year with injury and Mitchell Pierce suspended for the first half of the season. He was doing a lot of attacking. He was doing everything, yeah. And um, he still finished with average of 58 for that season. Um, I don't think he'll be scoring that highly this year. There's Sam Verrills around there as well. That's the big one for me. Um, Yeah, so Verrills was on the bench, didn't do much in the World Club Challenge. I think um, Friend would have scored around 50. Mm. But he's, he's priced at fifty at forty two, so um, it, it's a tricky one. He looks like he'll definitely be value. He'll definitely go up in price if he yeah. stays fit. I don't know how much though. If he if he scores low fifties, then he's pretty much a cash cow. You know, he'll make one hundred fifty grand, which mm. is good. He's not going to be a keeper when you look at Smith and Cook, Cameron McGuinness, all score sixty and up. So he's not quite yeah. in that in that bracket. Um, yeah, I could see why you'd get him. I can see why you'd be a bit nervous. The injuries last year as well. Um, yeah, so I'm really on the fence. I think you're you're definitely more in the no camp than Yeah, I. I'm not getting him. I mean, the, the case four is pretty obvious because if he does keep that starting nine jersey and, and Verrill's either um, isn't in first grade or only takes you know a couple of minutes yeah. like we saw in the World Club Challenge, then Friend can average over 50. Um, so you're talking about 100, 150K plus... Um, of price rises, price rises, and at 612k, it's basically a, a cut price keeper for most of the year. Like he's not a keeper in sure. terms of the run Final home, but at least yeah. through to probably the Origin period, he's a perfectly viable um, top 17 starting player um, at, at the price, which is you know pretty handy. The downsides for me are Verrills was great last mm. year coming in for friend. He's now an established first grader. 
Trent Robinson can he's obviously Jake Friend's got a lot of credits in the bank he's got a high regard at the club he's you know senior player captain done a, a lot a massive job for him over the years but Robbo also can be pretty ruthless when he thinks Absolutely. he can improve the team and if he thinks I mean the he roosters can... with just with managing the salary cap they know how to mm. offload players who are on big bucks if it means strengthening the team elsewhere or they could you know mm. get a, a player to do the similar job for less um, yeah, and as I say, ruthless with, you know, they got Cronk when they had Mitchell Pierce. He went, we've just seen Latrell Mitchell leave. Mm. Um, yeah, so you think they, they could go Verrills at some point during the season? At some point during the season, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, Robinson ideally wants one hooker for 80 minutes. Yeah. So I don't know how long they're going to persist with this Verrills on the bench. It does seem strategy. a waste if Verrills is going to play five minutes or something. Um, which, that's almost an argument in favour of Friend. If he's the senior guy, then he plays 80 and mm. Verrills is out of the team. But it could go the other way. And the other thing is, he was injured a lot last year and he kept getting re-injured. Now, mm. hopefully, you know, touch wood, that's all behind him. But, you know, plays in a very... Um, you know, he just he goes goes through a lot of punishment in that spot on the field. Yep. Does a lot of tackling and throws himself into everything, which you know is a, a great characteristic of both a, a fantasy player and a, just a rugby league player in general. But it also makes me worried that the injuries are going to keep coming. He's played a lot of games, made a lot of tackles over his career, um, endured a lot of punishment. I, I'm not sure if he's going to get through another full season or not. I guess the one flip side on that is the way fantasy works these these days. If he does get injured in the early rounds, at least it's, he's easy to flick to somebody else you mm. can move him to the bench trade him for someone of any position especially if you had if you have multiple hookers three or four hookers which some people will mm. this year so yeah you can jump off board pretty easily if he does get injured but also if that happens it kind of blows any chances of him making significant cash so mm. yeah a really tricky one i think hopefully to have a better idea what uh robinson's plans yeah. for verils are by the time round one starts. Yep. Uh, rounding out the top 10 is the GOAT, Cameron Smith, 9% of teams, uh, priced just over 900k, the greatest number nine of all time. All the nines for Cameron Smith. <laughs> um, is he is a little bit past his best, or can we still justify starting we've, with We've Cam? said, I feel like for the last three or four years, surely this is the year he starts declining, and mm. it just hasn't happened. He still averaged 63 last year, which was amazing, one of his better years. Mm. Um, you know, kind of got gapped by Payne Haas um, at the top of the tree, but he was second best player in the in the game. So, uh, yeah, still absolutely rock solid. Um, I don't think I'll be getting him at the start just because there's a lot of cheapies around. But um, mm. yeah, really safe captaincy choice as always. I think. Goal kicking's come along in in recent years, going yep. at over eighty percent. Um, you know, all these. I feel like every year there's this mooted move of him going to the halves, which never seems to happen yeah. either. So. Looks like another big year of 80-minute scoring for Cameron Smith. Now, that rounds out the top 10. Probably a couple of guys outside that are worth touching on, including number 11, Wade Egan, who's gone from the Panthers to the Warriors. Um, he's in over 7% of teams, 384K, potentially yeah. starting hooker. We're not it, quite sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, at least for round one, this is where it starts getting tricky mm. for, for him. So he's even cheaper than Blake Braley, um, could be starting hooker for round one. Unlike Braley, he's not necessarily their first choice uh, hooker at full strength, so um, they've got a few injuries at the Warriors. Mm. Um, Lorden Daniel Roach is out for a little while. I think Nat Roach back. is out for probably half the year yeah. plus. He's not coming back anytime soon. Jazz Tavanga comes back about round four or five. Yep. He's probably more of a thirteen these days. He can play hooker, but he you know makes two hundred meters and fifty tackles yeah. playing thirteen. So you Possibly think that's his role. Yep. Leaves us with Carl Lawton, who um, don't I think he might be a chance for round one. I, I think yeah. 
that the last I heard was he was pushing for uh, a spot in the trial. So mm. we'll know by round one which one's playing, but it, it could only be for one or two rounds. So that's the the big risk with mm. Egan. If, if Egan is preferred over Lawton rather than just getting the that's job true. because Lawton is out, then that's probably a, a point in his favour. You'll only really need, you know, six weeks or something for for a, enough price rises if he does play decent minutes at hooker. So. Yeah, that could do the trick. Um, other hookers that are a bit underpriced, um, Jake Turpin at Brisbane. I think if he gets the, you know, 80 minutes at hooker, mm. Danny Levi um, as well didn't play the full 80 last year. Marshall King at the Bulldogs is injured, but another guy who um, mm. could get a starting hooker spot and had a bit of a, a mixed role last year. So tons of um, of potential value up, yeah. up for grabs in the hooker spot. Um, it's Kurt a good thing. Mann, you haven't mentioned he, he won't Mann, be yeah, the hooker, course. but he's available at hooker in fantasy. And yeah, he's cheap. yeah. Um, probably a better option in the halves, but absolutely, he played in. I think he played every backline position last year mm. and off the bench. So, uh, looking like being the five eighth for Newcastle at least in round one, and, and probably for a little while. So, yeah, I think definitely value in Kurt Mann. We'll probably touch on him again. Yeah. In the next pod, when we're talking about the backs, one to potentially stick in that eighteen nineteen sort of spot on the uh, on the bench. Yep. Um, does that cover us for hookers? Anyone I else want so. to touch on before we move on? That's enough. It's fifteen or something. That's, that's more than <laughs> enough. Front rowers. Um, well, the most expensive player in the game is also the most popular in his position. The man Mountain Payne Haas. I don't think we, we all knew he was going to be good, but what he was producing in his first full season last year just absolutely unprecedented. The greatest cash cow in history. Um, and despite the uh, being $1,000 shy of a $1 million mm. price tag, he's still in over 31% of teams. Yeah, and fair enough. It should be higher than that, really. Um, mm. He's very expensive. He's kind of overpriced for what he scored last year. I think he's priced at a 69 points a game, which is enormous. He did score, I think, almost 68 points a game. So not too far overpriced. Um, yeah, this has been one of the easiest captaincy decisions I've had for a few, mm. few years, I think. Um, when you look at all those... Value players at hooker um, means you can get away with not picking Cook or Smith at the start of the year, and I think with not that much um, value at front row, as we'll get to, um, Haas just stands out by yeah. a while. Uh, he's expensive, but he'll he'll probably be the best scorer. How is he 20 years old? It's his second mm. full season as a front rower. Props normally don't peak until... Mid to late twenties. Late twenties. Yeah. Like, how good can he can he be? There's no obvious reason why he's going to get any worse this year than he was mm. last year. Um, yeah. I mean, well, Matt Lodge is injured as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, he showed during last year he can play massive minutes. You know, eighty mm. minutes a few times as well. That could be, you know, more frequent. If anything, maybe at the start of the year if if they need him to. So. Yeah, you know, massive potential. He could score 70 and up. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance he'll be cheaper at some point in the season, but there's a chance he won't be much cheaper at any point in the season. He's, yeah, he's that I mean, good. if he does have some, you know, a slow start, he'll lose a lot of cash early on. But if you buy him, I wouldn't be too panicked about that. It, it would be a big shock if he averages, you know, less than 60 this year. Yeah, or even less than 65. Yeah. Um, yeah, get him in your teams. Number two on the list is a potential cash cow, bit of a cheapie down there at the Storm. Um, guy making waves, uh, played some internationals through the off-season, Tino Fasuo Malaawe. Um, he's priced at 300k, available in front row and the second row in almost 17% of teams. I guess the question is just if he gets the minutes. Yeah, I would have been really positive about him if he hadn't signed a deal with the Titans mm. from... 2021 so um, 
the Storm, I don't think, necessarily took that great. They might limit his minutes a bit because of it. Um, I mean, he should be a bench player for them at least. Um, huge potential, massive kid, like he's enormous. But, um, yeah, if he's playing 20 minutes a game, not that much room to move. Not a lot of upside. Price-wise, yeah. Um, yeah, one to watch, I guess. Uh, Liam Knight from the Rabbitohs talked that he'll grab the number 13 jersey. Yeah. It's um, been confirmed that Cam Murray's going to be starting on an edge, so that leaves the old 13 jersey vacant. Sounds like Liam Knight could be the uh, the front runner there. 570k is not exactly cheap um, in 14% of teams, but I guess a bit of upside if he does play a big minute lock yeah, role. Yeah, I, I was liking the look, look of him even before that Cam Murray news came out, so... Uh, Souths have lost Sam Burgess and George Burgess and John Sutton. Yep. Um, so there was at least a spot up um, in the front row for him for Knight this year. Uh, he averaged 39-ish last year, um, scored better than 50 uh, when he had 50-minute games in a handful of games last season. Uh, at lock, he should play, what, 55 minutes-ish, you would think? Yeah. Um, Really busy player, so uh, yeah, he looked like a good option, and in the front row, I think even better at lock. Um, yeah, as you say, not cheap, but probably more like a potential cut price keeper. Mm. Yep, definitely. Number four on the list is an out and out cheapy. Whether he actually plays remains to be seen. It's Tigers bound Eels prop Stefano. Kamanu, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, huge prospects, yeah. literally and figuratively. Um, I was at Ringrose Park the other night and he looked pretty dominant when he came on in the second half uh, in that trial match. Big, big unit. Um, came through the New South Wales junior system under Brad Fittler. Um, big raps on him all over the place. He's been upgraded to the Eels top 30 for the year, so even though he's Concord bound, he's eligible to play from round one, but it is a fairly uh, heavily stacked front row rotation at Parramatta as well. Yeah, it's a good side the Eels have these these days, so hard to see him getting massive minutes. Um, again, he's bound for another club next year. They did choose to keep him rather than let him leave mm. a season early, so there's some prospect that they're thinking they might use him yeah. a little bit this year. But They didn't have to upgrade him either, so they must have yeah. some sort of idea about playing him. Exactly. So I think he'll get some game time at some point, but it's very risky to bank on him getting significant uh, minutes. If he didn't, doesn't score 25 points a game, then he won't make any money. So, yeah, probably one to steer clear of unless there's... You know, he gets named on the bench in round one and there's not a lot of cheapies around. Well, yeah, I think grab him once he's named to debut, but I don't think that'll be in, in round one. Uh, number five on the list, even less likely to play round one, it's Aaron Penne, who was recently put into the top 30 at the Storm. He's been playing, uh, I think, in Trust Cup. Um, probably going to be a good player, but again, unlikely to see action at the start of the year. Yep, bad boy. Move on. Get rid of him. <laughs> um, another big gun at number six, Josh Papali from the Raiders. Had a real career year last year. Helped them make the grand final. Um, absolutely superb season from Big Papa. 9.4% uh, of teams he's in average just over 50, which isn't quite that top tier of keeper. But um, Yeah. I mean, we had guys like Clemmer, Tapao, average in the mid-50s last year. Um, Papali wasn't quite there, but was was very good. Um I think he'll be there, thereabouts again this year. Don't see a real reason why he's going to improve massively. Can't see him doing significantly better or worse in a fantasy sense yeah. than, than last year. 
Uh, next one on the list, another cheapy Zane Musgrove, the former bunny now at the Tigers. All the noise out of Concord is that he's been quote-unquote training the house down, yeah. but uh, yeah, impressing teammates at training. Bit of talk that he could find his way into the starting 13 for round one. They've got a lot of very similar sort of calibre players mm. between, you know, Twal, Alloyer, Eisenhuth. You know, I don't think Russell Packer's going to be fit for round one, but a lot of sort of middles competing for the same um, sort of roles in that, that team. But Zane Musgrove uh, is a prospect if he gets that starting spot. Yeah, I don't mind this pick. Again, you'd much prefer him starting than coming off the bench, but 246k for someone who has played NRL before is uh, is very good value. So, again, just keep an eye on the team list. Um, you know, it's hard to get that many quality cheap props as we've seen. So, mm. one of the better ones, I think. The eighth most popular prop is one D for Fita. <laughs> Before you get excited, the wrong David Fafita. Fafita is not your position. This is Daniel Fafita. He's a Roosters kitty. Um, probably going to be a good player, but a bit like a couple of other guys we've mentioned, not going to play around one and one to phase out uh, for the start of the season. Yes, pass on him. Uh, much like the next man on the list, Darren Shonig, who is in the same position as Aaron Penne, upgraded to the top 30 at the Storm recently. He's been priced, but um, he's going to be playing in Trust Cup, not NRLs, so phase him out as well. Yep. Rounding up the top 10, we have Big Marty Tapao from the Sea Eagles, who was fantastic year before last and then mm-hmm. uh, came down a little bit last year. His minutes were a bit up and down under Des Hazler. I think his offloads probably went down a little bit as well, but still had some pretty good scores in amongst that. Yeah, his points per minute is fantastic, but he didn't play massive minutes. Um, still averaged 53 and a half, which is good. Uh, if he played 60 minutes a game, he'd be fantastic. But um, yeah, Hazler doesn't look like giving him that kind of game time, so... I mean, he's, he's amongst the keepers in the front row, but I can't mm. see him necessarily improving much on last year. So unless you have a lot of free cash, maybe go elsewhere. But as, we, as we've said, there's not that many great front row options, especially mm. if you're not going Payne Haas to start round one. Worth mentioning with Tapao as well that he uh, probably could play some pretty big minutes the first few weeks because Adam Fanua Blake racing the yeah. clock after shoulder surgery. Jake Travojevic almost certainly going to miss the first few weeks also due to shoulder surgery. So Tapao could be the main man in the middle for Good those point. opening rounds, but whether he's worth getting in for a, a quick bump and then potentially having to sell him after four or five weeks uh, is another question. That's the top ten. Anyone else in the next few that you thought was worth a mention? Um, Andrew Fafita is a little cheaper than Tapao. Has been an absolute superstar in years gone by. Had a bit of a knee injury towards the end of last year and this year as well. Missed the All-Stars mm. game. So um, Don't know how he's going to be in round one. Um, the Sharks have lost a lot of experience in the middle forwards. Matt Pryor obviously gone to yep. the UK. Uh, Gowan gone as well. So you know, theoretically, there could be some more minutes or at least more, you know, a greater workload up for grabs for someone like Fafita who's been around for a while. But, yeah, that knee injury is a bit of a question mark. Um, who else have we got? Oh, Pat Carrigan I had down. Um, mm. The Broncos, I think someone needs to get promoted for, for Lodge who's injured. So yeah. um, there's a lot of things they can do. They've got a lot of really good young uh, forwards obviously in Brisbane, but um, yeah, if Carrigan gets say the 13 in a reshuffle pack or starts in the front row, um, he scores close to a point a minute, averaged 30 in him 33 minutes, or 34 minutes a game last year. So yeah, if he starts, he's one to to keep an eye. 
Carrigan and Tom Flegler are both right next to each other in the popularity stakes, both of them at 3.8% of teams. I think we feel like Carrigan's probably more likely to get the increased yeah. role than Flegler, who was uh, even some games, he was still in my team at the start of last year, and he'd start at lock and you'd start rubbing your hands together thinking he comes yeah, the yeah. money and play 80 minutes and go off and not come back on. So um, Siebes doesn't seem too keen on big minutes for Flegler, so maybe Carrigan's the, the one of those two. Um, elsewhere amongst those, there's quite a few people with Regan Campbell-Gillard who I think will be good this year, but he's not really a fantasy no, type. Exactly. He's more of an impact kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, his old club, James Fisher-Harris, as in just over 4% of teams, was basically an 80-minute prop for a lot of last year. Yeah. I mean, Fisher-Harris, um, um, I'm a little surprised his numbers aren't even better than what they are. He averaged 53 last year, which is good, but... Um, he makes a ton of tackles, plays the 80, mm. uh, a lot of runs as well. He's available at front or second row in fantasy. So if you want to lock in a probably a keeper straight up, he's a pretty good option. Mm. Uh, Tom Amone down there from the Rabbitohs is yep. another guy who's in the frame for a bench spot. He's a pretty good worker in that um, North Sydney Bears team. If he uh, gets a chance in first grade to, to play some big minutes, he could end up being pretty handy. Anyone else in the props you wanted to touch on? And I think that will do me. Clemmer was really good last year, David Clemmer. I don't know if he'll be as good necessarily. He had really big minutes, heaps of tackles last year. So uh, New coach at Newcastle, though, mm. that might change how he's used a little bit. Our old friend Trent Merrin down there at 2.7. Yeah, really interesting. Mm. Uh, he had great stats in the Super League by all accounts last season, um, but he wasn't great in his last stint in the NRL a few years ago. So, yeah, hard to know if he's... You know, reborn, new player like he was in years gone by, or you know, he's not getting any younger either. So, um, he's a wait and see for me. I won't be picking him around one, but if he starts great, you know, the nostalgia factors could uh, win me over and I might get him back in the first few rounds mm, for sure. Just scrolling a bit further down the list, down there at 2.3 percent is Keon Colomatungi from the Rabbitohs. Everyone at mm. South is impressed with this kid. I was um, lucky enough to sit down with him this morning at a, a South media up for 10 minutes and get the, the Keon Kalamatangi life story. Now, he's down there. Um, this might change before round one, mm, but he's yeah. in as a front rower. He's actually an edge forward. Um, so he's sort of behind that Cam Murray, Ethan Lowe, Jaden Sewer rotation, but still a chance of a, uh, a better There have been some whispers about him getting decent game time in the second row. Well, so. Yeah, Cook has said he wouldn't be surprised at all if he finds his way in the 17 for round one. We will get to see him in the charity shield. He's in the team for the charity shield on the bench. So um, he was good in that, that Wendy trial I was at the other night mm -hmm. as well. So definitely one to watch there, young Colin Matangi. Um, should we do some second row action? I think so. Let's move on. Plenty of options here. Yeah, it's always a pretty stacked spot in fantasy. Um, so another D for feeder, this time the more established D for feeder is the uh, the most selected, very popular, almost 40%, 37.5% of teams for David Fafita. Priced at 680k, which if he does what he did at the end of last year is a discount on what he's capable of. Yeah, so he's priced at 47 points a game, which is fairly high, but the second half of the season, yeah, he just exploded. Mm. Um, Averaged almost 60, playing uh, 75 minutes a game-ish. Um, he should play 80, you'd expect in the in the second row. Um, great ball. I mean, he can he can one of those players who can pile up a massive score in one play. You yeah, know, can beat four guys from 30 meters out and score a try, and you got 35 points in one hit. So, uh, really promising player. I can get huge scores. Um, 
Is he must-have? Pretty close? Pretty close, yeah. He's definitely in my team uh, at this point. The, the chance to have a guy who's going to average mid to high 50s or, or even better mm. priced in the, the high 40s. But you're talking about your, your cut price keepers and with so you know so tight with the salary cap, I think he's uh, a pretty sensible investment. Yep. Number two, one of the modern-day fantasy greats, big JT, Jason Tamalolo. Um, pretty much does what it says on the tin with JT. You're going to get what you pay for. He's expensive at 874k, but averaged almost 62 last year. And you think similar again? Yeah. So he's actually slightly underpriced for what he what did last year. His break even is 60. He scored, as you said, 62. Um, I think that's based on the previous few years. He didn't score quite that highly, but um, yeah, he's just been getting better and better the last few years. Um, can play 80 on occasion, but in 60 minutes he can do a lot of damage. He doesn't really need the 80 minutes. Um, yeah, he, he might be the... He's borderline the best captaincy option if you don't go Payne Haas, I think. Um, mm. That way you can get a few of the cheapies in at hooker and and um, and still get a, a gun somewhere else. So, yeah, really good option if you have the cash. If you go Haas, then it's very difficult to get another 870k player in your team but um, I think it'll be great again this year obviously no origin or anything yep. which is a small factor for guys like Haas and Cook and that so um, yeah great buy couple of cheapies coming up on the list. Third most popular second rower is Billy Magulius from the Sharks. Skillful sort of mobile lock type from the Sharks, obviously with post-Gallon era. Um, you know, he carved up for the New Newtown Jets with these ridiculous kicks for yeah. match-winning tries in the last minute, two weeks in a row in the grand Amazing. final in the state championship. Um, incredible skills for, for Magulius. Now, whether he probably won't get a starting spot, I'm expecting maybe Jack Williams to get the starting yep. spot, but you'd think he'd be on the bench. I think he played one game last year to yeah a lot of it oh, a couple chance. of games i think a couple of games in the nrl um, um yeah scored 24 and a half points across those two yeah 50 points from two games yeah the minutes is the only thing for him so if he is on the bench you want him playing i don't know as close to 40 minutes as, as possible mm -hmm. i guess um his break even is very low about 16 or 17 so all you need is 30 points a game to make decent coin Definitely one to look at, depending on the team list. Billy Burns from the Panthers is number four on the list. Now, I wouldn't really expect Burns to be in the 17th round one. A lot of young forwards, even behind your big-minute guys like Kikau and Isaiah Yo and Kurt Capel, who's come across. They've got the, you know, Martin and Leniu and mm. all these young forwards uh, around the place. So, you know, big raps on the kid, but for round one, I think you might want to avoid. Yeah, no go, I think. Uh, Tino Fasua Malaawe, uh, the dual position player from the Storm, we just discussed in front rowers. He's the fifth most popular second row option. Probably nothing to add there to what we said before. Yep. Cam Murray is worth talking about. Mm. Um, superstar lock last year. Um, origin, you know, rep footy, killing it. Probably a, the, the next club captain after Adam Reynolds, you think, in a, a few years when Reno yep. hangs up the boots. Um, priced at 801k, was playing probably 55, 60 minutes. Very, very busy at lock. Great footwork at the line, always pokes his nose through, gets an offload away, plenty of line breaks. Going to be starting on an edge. We think probably starting on an edge, finishing in the middle, so I still don't know if he's quite going to get through mm -hmm. the 80 minutes or not. It's a lot of question marks. He's going to be good, but... Yeah, so, I mean, last year it was a long-awaited rise to fantasy stardom for Murray. Mm -hmm. We'd been seeing it coming for a while. He finally got big minutes. Um and you know made the most of it but yeah the the edge rolls a bit interesting he scores so um so quickly when he plays in the middle he gets so involved on the edge he's not going to be as involved but theoretically plays more minutes if he was to play 80 minutes on the edge it's probably about the same as playing mm. 60 odd in the middle you in think, terms of yeah. points so 
yeah, if he does play mostly on the edge and then moves to the middle, then his you know scoring rate will improve when he goes in the middle as mm. well. So the upshot of all it is, I think it would be about the same as he was last year. I so. think so too. Uh, it's interesting with that middle versus edge. There's some forwards who, if you put them in the middle, they just light up, put them on an edge, they get a bit quiet. Probably Ryan James is an example yeah. of that in the past. Whereas some, and probably John Bateman's not a bad example, you put them on the edge, they don't get quite as much involvement with the re- regular hit-ups and, and tackles, yeah. but they're so the dynamic they stats. find other ways to, um, you know, especially the attacking stats, they score just as well, if not better, on the edge and Ken Murray with his late footwork and offloading could potentially uh, yeah. enjoy the move to the, the up, edge. The upside is if he's like what um, uh, Angus Crichton was at South a few years ago where he mm. played on the edge but um, made so many line breaks and scored tries or made tackle breaks or whatever that he was a really good scorer so yeah if Murray Murray's capable of doing that kind of thing um, he could stay high 50s maybe bump it up but you're kind of guessing at this point so yeah, I probably won't be going him round one, but at some point in the year, I almost certainly will. Next post, next most popular back rower is Murray's teammate, Jaden Sewer, who's a lot cheaper. Uh, in almost 13% of teams, priced at 412k. Um, I guess that means people are thinking Sewer over low for that right edge back row spot. That's probably what I'm thinking at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah, I think the same. Um, I think Lowe's got a niggling injury as well, but he's expected to be fit for round one at this point. Um, basically, there's a spare spot up for grabs in that second row with Sutton gone, Sam Burgess gone. Um, even with Knight starting at lock, that means there's a spot left, so someone has to play there. So, yeah, Sua and Lowe both very cheap, break-evens in the high 20s, maybe 30. Um, if you play 80 in the second row, you probably score 40 points. You know, a mm. typical player, busier players do better than that, but Sua has scored around 40 before at, uh, in his days at Brisbane, so mm. easy to see him jumping in value a fair bit if he does get that spot and yeah, plays big minutes. Absolutely, and he's another guy that I asked Cook about when I spoke to him and he sort of was praising Sewer's aggression which they're going to need uh, yep. in the post-Burgess era. Uh, Victor Radley next on the list we discussed as hooker. I think we're still in agreement that you probably don't want him to start round one. Yep. Um, and Brandon Smith after that another dual position that we discussed in the hooker list that you don't want for round one and after that it's uh, a couple of other dual positions. Aaron Penney um, outside of the top 10, um, coming in, what's, what are we up to, about 13, Jack Williams is yeah, worth talking about. I'm a little surprised he's so low, to be honest. Mm. Um, Williams, his price is 470, which looks mid-range, uh, which I guess it is. His break-even's 32, played a little bit last year, but he's probably going to be re- replacing uh, Paul Gallen at lock for the Sharks this year. Gallen was great fantasy player in his time. Williams, um, similar kind of player, um, I don't think he'll play massive minutes, but break even in the 30s. If he plays 50 minutes, he could easily score 45-ish, which mm. is a great, you know, cash cow. Yep, more established stuff. and more expensive than uh, than Magulius, but potentially um, more highly scoring through the season as yep. well. Anyone else scrolling down that list? Your old mate Joe Stimson. Joe Stimson. Didn't I talk him up? Cursed him. He barely played a role at all for Melbourne, but... The Bulldogs have picked him up. Um, it's all about whether he gets a start. They've got a lot of uh, second rowers. Um, I think at the moment it it's might be looking promising that he will, but uh, if he doesn't, I would not get him. If he does, his break-even is 27, which is mm. very low for a presumably you know, 60, 70, 80-minute forward. So, uh, yeah, if he starts, then I think get him into your bench somewhere. 
pretty stacked back row for the dogs between mm. Jackson, Harawira, Naira, Fitala Mariner, a few other guys. Exactly. Um, a lot of competition for spots there. Anyone else scrolling down the second rowers list you wanted to uh, mention? Cohen Hess has trimmed down and was good at fantasy a few years ago. It's about all I got. Joe Tapanay is reasonably cheap. Could mm. get a run yeah. in the back row at the start of the year. Um, Especially with Bateman out. Bateman's for injured, yeah. Too, but how long that lasts, we're not sure. Um, do you give Josh Curran at the Warriors any chance of I game time? I mean, he's a specialist edge and you've got you know Adam Blair potentially moving out wider to an edge that seems the Tohu most Harris back from injury Isaiah Papali'i you know recently captain the club at the nines they've said Papali'i will play in the middle I don't like it yeah but that's what they're saying <laughs> yeah I read that last week on NRL.com so I, did. Can, I read the trust same that. thing I kind of wonder how long it's going to last much like the was it Fusatua playing in the center on the wing yeah talk about that on a different podcast yeah all right, that's the hookers, the front rowers, and the back rowers all wrapped up in a neat little package. Do we have any, any questions? Oh, we do have questions. I forgot we asked for questions. I'm glad you're here. It's not many questions. It's not many questions. They were good questions, though. Excellent. We'll start off with uh, podcast regular Alessandro Taloka, uh, who says, who's the best option out of Ethan Lowe and Jaden Sewer? Is he kind of touched on it. Whoever yeah. starts. Whoever starts. Whoever starts in round one. We'll know before we have to finalise our teams, which is good. Mm. Um, I think we're both thinking of those two. It's probably going to be sewer, but we'll have a better idea. Yeah, agree. Pretty soon. Uh, Dom asks, and this isn't you, Dom, this is a different Dom, asks, can I have Coruscant as my starting hooker and not have a gun like Smith or Cook? Will it then make them difficult to get in later in the season? Look, it might be difficult, but that's at this point what I'm doing. Mm, um, same. I've got at least two, maybe three, maybe four cheap hookers, depending on what the round one team list look like. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Obviously, it's going to be tough to get players in who cost 850 grand. But mm. the only way to get a stack team in the end of the season is to get pretty much, well, get as many cash cows as possible at yep. the start of the season. So that's more important. Once you've got one captain who can cost as much as you like, even a million dollars if it's Payne Haas, after that, you want value in pretty much every other position you can cut price can keepers mid-rangers cheapies yeah you just can't afford to pick 10 guns anymore the way that yeah the absolutely is. so get a captain get a vice captain then try to have every other player capable of jumping you know 10 points on their break even and make a lot of money yep De Phantom asks, do you think Cook is worth the cash? Is he going to keep smashing it at the Rabbits with their new look forward pack? Will he remain at the price he is or is he a good round three, four, five pickup? The tricky thing with Cook is if you don't have him in round one, you're not going to be getting him in round three or four. No. Um, yeah, it's either start with him or look to him. It's probably, probably almost post-origin. Exactly, yeah. He'll, he'll play origin, obviously. Um, he can back up from origin, but... You know, who knows? You don't want to get him just before Origin and mm. see his minutes drop for a couple of weeks. So it's probably going to be after Origin for, for a lot of people when it comes to Cook. Mm. Um, but be that, you know, that said, I still think it's probably wise to look at Haas instead as captain and um, try to get Cook later on when you free up a lot of money. A bit of chatter from Cook and Wayne Bennett uh, coming out of Origin or more so at the end of the season that he probably didn't get enough of a rest. Yeah. He sort of had a, a long turnaround and a couple of days off training and that was sort of enough and he didn't really miss games. But I think uh, this time around he will probably get a game off through Origin, which is worth thinking about for fantasy. Uh, a couple of late entrants on the questions. Johnny Leary, is Payne Haas a must-have? Look, I think he probably is. I mean, you know, it could be proved wrong. Maybe mm. Tom Lolo outscores him or something. But at this point, with what we know, it's very hard to see 
a 20-year-old superstar prop going backwards as yeah. a player. Um, and if he's as good as he was last year or or even better, then you're going to feel a bit silly if you don't have him in, in round one. Mm. Um, if he outscores every other player by five points like he did last year, then that's going to be a 10-point advantage when you factor him in as a captain. So... I think you kind of have to have him. Yeah, if he's not must, must have, he's pretty close to it. He's, you know, obviously hurts your, your salary cap to get him in, but I think it's worth the uh, the sacrifice. Does make it hard picking the rest of your team, but uh, it's pretty important to get in. Uh, Andrea Poli writes in, what are your thoughts on Danny Levi? Worth having at the price? Will he make some cash? Levi obviously has the starting Manly number nine jersey at the moment because Manasi Fanu sidelined indefinitely with a shoulder infection, also stood down presently and uh, Appy Coruscant obviously left to go to the Panthers, so a big golf there at number nine just leaves um, you know the utility playmakers like Custon Croker and then um, you know the Blacktown workers hooker Zach Docker Clay behind him. So probably big minutes we're thinking for Levi. Yeah, decent shout I think. So um, he's priced at 36. Um, he mostly played obviously hooker in his time at the Knights, but there was a bit of time in the bench as well. They weren't really sure. I mean, the whole night spine last year changed half a dozen times, so nothing was too consistent. When he does play more than 70 minutes at hooker, his average is 45, which is nine points above his break even, mm. so that puts him into cash cow territory. So, yeah, he's one of several hookers who look good value. It's just a case of getting the best three or four of them really so you'll get just pick eight hookers and yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you could you get as many as you want but you're really hurting your your bench depth in other positions if you get more than three so um could be one to go i don't think i'll start with him but i wouldn't be surprised if he uh scores really well and makes a lot of money yeah there's a few i mean we didn't talk about them because they're, they're way down the popularity list but potentially jake simkin at the tigers he's very mm. young hooker, yeah. been going okay in queensland cup we think between Embi and Josh Reynolds, he probably won't start the season, but one to watch. Um, and Reese Robson at the Cowboys, yeah. the former Dragon, if he does um, sort of that mid-range of price now yeah. after getting some games last year. But if he can supersede Jack Granville, he'll be a, a mid-range option as well. So a few to think about there, alongside your Coruscants and your Levi's at Al. Tons of options. So many options. When are we back next? Next week? Next week, next Tuesday. It's talk of a draft podcast, which we might see if that happens. But um, yeah, next Tuesday and then after that, Teamless Tuesdays the week after that. So. It's all very close. Three seasons right. back. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll be back with another podcast shortly. Yeah.